This is David Wilson and welcome to episode 42 of On Another Track. Welcome to On Another Track with me, David Wilson, exploring people and places from around the world. A podcast series that takes you where you've never been and probably where you never want to go. On Another Track is speaking with people we can't meet with face to face. We use remote video technology and software to see what they have to say. This week we're doing a special business feature on Man Farms in Abbotsford, British Columbia. As an established venue with something for everyone, Graf Mann has headed up a renaissance in the fruit wine making business at the farm. Starting in 2012, he has managed to establish Man Farms Winery as a tour de force in the wine making business. Man Farms Winery has consistently won awards at the prestigious Lieutenant Governor's Wine Awards year in, year out. And in 2021, he beat all the odds and became the only fruit wine in the top 25 wines in BC by winning the Platinum Medal. No mean feat when you think their business was raised to the ground by a fire in 2014. However, the mantra has always remained the same. Grow the juiciest red strawberries in the Fraser Valley and always be happy to greet anyone who stops by, whether they're a familiar face or a first-time visitor. I first started by asking Rav, what was the basis of the whole business and what role does he play in Man Farms? My family business is pretty diverse. We focus on agriculture and then specifically agritourism. Um, my specific job role, you could say, is to be the winery operations. So that's anything from discussing uh, sales with the customers to actually making wine. You guys started quite a while back, actually, with the farming side of things. Is that correct? Way back in, was it 1977 or the early 80s? Was that correct? Yeah, 1977, and even earlier than that, we were growing other things, and and uh, but we really started our berry stand in the late 70s. And I think I read somewhere that was uh, was that your grandparents literally standing at the side of the road selling berries to passing motorists and people like that. Yeah, 100 percent, right right in front of our field, 1136 Mackenzie Road. We had a little. 10 by 10 shack that we were selling berries out of. Okay, so from that perspective, how did the business grow? How did it manage to sort of morph from that small beginnings, the lovely beginnings at the side of the road to what you have now? Can you give us a little potted history? Uh, we started off by growing really delicious strawberries and our business grew, grew uh, word of mouth. So customers came coming back every single year, um, buying our strawberries, buying our raspberries, blueberries, and uh, we... We slowly grew our business, grew our funds, and then uh, we we ended up buying other other locations uh, where we set up berry stands. And uh, from there, you know, my my siblings grew up on the farm, and we were all selling berries and etc. And then um, finally, we we got enough funds, and we purchased our our property that we're on right now, and we started building our future. We evolved into agritourism. Um, that was my mom's idea. So we went from just growing strawberries and selling them on the side of the road, offering an experience with a petting zoo, a play area. Um, we had a country kitchen and and now the winery, etc. So offering people an experience versus just in a commodity, which really, really grew our business and, and became a, a big part of our business. Your mom was quite a visionary, wasn't she? The better to come up with that idea of agritourism because that is, really wasn't a common thing until very recently in the last probably 10, 15 years. So what was the first thing that you did to attract people to the farm? 
Yeah, I mean, the first thing was just to have a petting zoo. And uh, we had animals like goats, chickens, pigs. We we built the small pens and we called it the Critter Corral. Love it, um, love and it. And then next door beside that, we, we built a slide and there was a little um, sandbox where, where kids could play. And, and uh, that's basically the first thing. And then we started building our store. Um, in our store, we, we sold a lot of berries, sold vegetables. Uh, we had a country kitchen where we had um, a gourmet chef that would make delicious uh, pizzas and, and hot dogs and, and things like that, like gourmet, gourmet foods. Wow. Um, yeah, that's that's where we started. So. Just to give the audience a little bit of a timeline, was this kind of in the 80s, 90s or into the 2000s? When did you get started on the kind of agritourism? The agritourism was definitely into the early 2000s. What was interesting, and I, I noticed this actually looking at your website, Man Farms, it, it, goats appear everywhere, don't they? They seem to be your yeah. kind of symbol or your kind of like your mascot almost. How did that come about? What, what was the, the kind of angle on that? I noticed you've got the kids in and to get the parents in, but why did goats feature so much? Honestly, um, when we built the petting zoo, we had a little little place where the goats stayed, and you could see it from the road. And uh, we put up a sign that was called the Goat Tail Six. Kids can <laughs> stay for 50 cents. Love it. Um, goats are free. And everybody saw that sign from the side of the road. And and honestly, it grew organically. People love goats. We had no idea when we started the petting zoo. It was like the goats were going to be such a big hit. But uh now we just kind of, you know, run with it. People love goats and, and we want to give them as many goats as we can. Goat yoga, goat, yeah, goat everything. So. Goat cheese, you name it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. It, it's it's interesting because uh, you're smiling as you're telling me this. There's such joy in your heart when you're actually recounting the story. And what I love about your definitely your website and definitely your Facebook page and everything is there's a sense of humor all the way through what you guys do that, you know, it's not just about being serious about, you know, wine or food or just having the farm and what have you. You guys have a sense of humor. You, you make some jokes and some of your adverts and things like that. Who has the best sense of humor in the, in the family? Is it th- right the way throughout the family? Are you joking some of yeah. the family? Honestly, it's right way through. I think my dad honestly has the best sense of humor. He's got to keep it, keep it fun, you know? It, yeah. yeah. And, and that is so true in business, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, if you can't be having fun, what's the point in doing it, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, we've, we've got a kind of canned history there, which is lovely. And I think uh, what's really great about what you guys have done is you've grown things very organically. It, it hasn't been rushed, has it? It's been very much a step-by-step process. Yeah. How did you start doing the wines? How did that evolve? Was that just by mistake or was that by invention? That was my dad's idea. He kind of enjoyed wine early on. And he said, you know, we have all these extra berries at the end of the season, strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, some blackberries, and we're like, why not just make some wine and see where it goes? And we got our we got our winery license. We started our tasting room in 2012, and uh, we we just went. You know, um, I got thrown into that side of the business, and in about 2013, and I've been working in it since you know last eight, seven, eight years, and and I really ran with it. We we just um, in the beginning. We're making wine and selling it at the farm here. And then in 2015, we started off by um, selling it at liquor stores. And, and now we're in over 230 liquor stores all over BC, um, including uh, 21 Save on Foods wine stores. And uh, we're always expanding, always you know, trying to do our best. So That is an incredible story because you, you went from that kind of organic process over 20 or 30 years and suddenly you found something that was very close to your dad's heart, wine, he enjoyed it. 
And yeah. you started that process very recently. When you think about it in terms of a business, it's only been around for the last nine or 10 years. So, yeah. so what do you think that captured people's imagination about the wines that you produce? What, what is it do you think that really kind of mattered to the public? You know, uh, I think you mentioned your, your term was cottage industry. Um, that's something I kind of um, have run with. It's like, this is a very niche product. And, and my goal is to bring fruit wine and give it, you know, attention that it deserves. So if no one's going to do it, why not me? That's what I tell everybody. And people are like, why not make grape wine? I'm like, I literally sat down and talked to the head buyer of Simon Foods. He's like, you guys should start making some grape wine. I'm like, you know, that's, that's a great suggestion we get all the time. But literally, I'm like, you know, if if no one can, uh, if anybody can raise raise the industry, it can be me. You know, we, we, we want to focus on fruit wine. And I think it's awesome. I think it's a great product that's really good for young consumers who are just getting into wine um, and also people who just love berries and and what may really makes it special is that our wine specifically there's actually two pounds of berries per bottle so a lot of berries a kilogram of berries you could say per per bottle and and that's what makes it delicious and, and we can make different blends like we have a strawberry raspberry blend strawberry rhubarb we're always experimenting with r&d projects all the time so yeah and it's very close to my heart i'll tell you the reason why and i think we mentioned this just prior to the conversation is that i've done home winemaking for many years since the 1980s and we were just discussing you can literally make wine from anything i mean it, it doesn't yeah. have to be berries does it it can be carrots parsnips it can be even nettles that's that's the weird thing about oak leaves you know it's amazing what you yeah. can make from so um without giving too much away um because i'm dying to ask you this question and we'll talk about the original wines which ones really got you launched have you got anything new in the pipeline that you're kind of developing that you can let us have a little peek at i mean one thing we just recently developed you know i'm always coming up with new ideas i don't want to put it out there but i got to keep some stuff in houses we created a new product called belzer um, it's a berry wine seltzer. So basically it's, it's like white claw and truly and nude, but better. Of course. The reason why I say it's better is because it's actually made from real berries. Um, so real raspberries and real blueberries. We have two flavors right now. And, uh, whereas nude white claw truly not to, you know, make any enemies or, or, uh, but I'm just going to tell the truth is on every single label, you look at the back and it says natural flavors. So by definition, anything with natural flavors can be anything with made from plant or animals. So you can literally get it from like, you know, pig's feet or plants, et cetera. So that's what it is. You know, how difficult is it in the food industry to make a genuine product that is organic? It comes from just natural sources and you can preserve it and be able to get it on the shelf and have a, a shelf life. How difficult is that in the industry? No, that's a great question. You know, um, one thing that our business is always said and always stick to our guns is we grow um, all of our berries conventionally. So what I mean by conventionally, it's not necessarily organic, um, but we do use organic practices. Um, we strictly use IPM, which is integrated pest management, whereas literally starts from the ground up, whereas we do things like, you know, weeding my hands or introducing beneficial um, pests to, to like get rid of aphids and etc slugs and and we go up all the way and our last resort would be spraying any sort of chemicals and and this is always the last resort but if you're going to lose your crops it's like what do you do 
Yeah, you, know, you can't you can't can't go to waste. So because we're we're farmers at heart and and we really believe on getting the most out of our crops and the best possible crops is we try to stick to um, conventional practices because it just gives us more tools in our tool belt. You could say whereas if you're strictly organic, is you only get access to organic practices. Where by the way, you can still use pesticides, herbicides that are organic. Um, and they can still be really bad for you, but uh, we we were able to use all the op- like options that are available. You know, you're being really candid there, and I think that what I love is you guys actually do a podcast as well. I'm going to plug your podcast, Modern Farmer, sure. by the way, because sure. I had to listen to it uh, today and last night, and it's like around the the kitchen table with a glass of wine, having a chat with their buddies, yeah. and you know, it was really great. It was a great atmosphere about it. But what was really nice about what you guys are doing is that you're very straight up about that because most people go, oh, it's got to be organic and you've got to go off at a tangent. But you're being very pragmatic about it. You're saying, look, you know, there's tools in the toolbox. Make the best product that we can so we can get the best end result for the customer. That's basically what it is, isn't it? Exactly. We, we've got the idea of, of kind of what you're going to do with the belt, so which is really great. And I love the idea that it's a more natural product and it's already in the stores. I think it's in local Savon stores, is that correct? And you, you yeah, do marketing. Yeah, 21 Savon food stores all over BC. What really got you started? What was the first wine in 2012 that you said, okay, we're going to bite the bullet, we're going to launch something. We don't know if the customers are going to like it, but we're going to go for it anyway. What was the one that launched it? I mean, we started two wines. We had our straight strawberry wine and we had a blueberry wine that we started with. We call the blueberry wine our flagship wine because it's the first kind of red wine that we made. And uh, that's where we started. So we had two different options. We had like a easy drinking red wine that was a blueberry wine then we had a kind of rosé white wine made out of strawberries you're halfway through listening to on another track with me david wilson we're doing a special feature on man farms this week the next one is to ask rav if you're starting a winery what are some of the challenges and how do you overcome them I mean, one of the biggest challenges, like in any business, is the financial side of things. Whereas, you know, you have to purchase a lot of tanks, you've got to purchase a lot of space, you've got to get your license, you have to, in, in BC here, you have to make a specific amount of liters every single year, or your license will get taken away. Early on, that was pretty difficult. We weren't, we're getting pretty close to that minimum every single year. Um, and also, you know, those are the challenges. And winemaking wine is an art. So it's, you have to have a lot of patience, a lot of, you know, a lot of patience with their wine and you can't rush anything. And we have a wine consultant who's been working with us for a long time. He's been in the industry for a long time. And he always says, you know, these wine tanks are like your kids. So I don't have any kids, but they're, they're like your kids because you spend so much time with them. So you got to take care of them like, like they're your babies. That, that was interesting. Was there any other practical challenges that you found? I mean, let me ask you this question. And I always ask all my kind of business uh, interviews this. Did you have any failures to start with? And if you did, how did you get over them? Yeah, I mean, we've lost um, we've lost a couple of tanks here and there. When you first start, you always get um, some wine that that goes bad, and you just gotta kind of kind of you know pick up your bootstraps and move on, and and uh, say you can do better next time. And uh, you you know, a winery is difficult because you have to you have to go from a berry sand. Um, having agritourism where you have families with kids and, and trying to get them to buy wine. So in the beginning, we were very, um, you know, the winery was kind of one part of the business that was kind of getting neglected. So we had the idea of like, okay, Gaurav, you go into the winery and 
actually got into the winemaking side of things when I was below age. So I was uh, wow. 18 when I started. So it's uh, you can't tell anybody, but I guess I told everybody. But now it doesn't matter. And the thing about it is what we don't realize is there's been a long history in the world of thousands and thousands of years of winemaking. You know, that's the point. And, you know, before we had rules and regulations, you know, people drank alcohol, be it beer or wine, prior to getting good water supply. So there's a long history of alcohol, even if it's very low value, being in the kind of, you know, the human kind of environment, because it had to be, you know, by necessity. Beer was very much the thing that people drank in the Middle Ages, simply because there weren't good water supplies, you know, that was the thing. Um, okay, so I, I want to just give you a chance to shine here because you're you're very understated. You're really not promoting yourself in the way I'd expect you because you've got loads of awards, and I really want to get you out there to say, look, these guys only started ten years ago, right? And now you, I think since I think it was 2018 or 2019, you started. Actually, it was earlier than that. It was 2016. I think you got one of your first awards. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, um, I think our first award was 2016. We we won a couple medals here and there at different competitions, and and uh, we're like, hey, our wines are pretty good. So we won a few more gold medals, and we won a few more. And then in 2018, we won um, at the All Canadian Wine Championship, which is there's different categories of wines, but there's a fruit wine section where it includes all the fruit wines all over Canada, whoever decided to enter. And uh, we won best of category and fruit wine of the year. So we got this little trophy. Uh, that was pretty cool. It's in our taste room right now. And uh, in uh, 2021, this year, uh, we won one of our biggest awards, which is a huge achievement for a fruit winery. We won a, a platinum medal at the um, BC Lieutenant Governor Wine Awards. Wow. You know, that's the top echelon of people who enter into wine awards and make wine is we were the top 20, top 21 wineries or wines in, in all of BC. And that there was over incredible. 800 entries. That, well, and here, let's put it in perspective for the listeners. You were the only fruit wine out of all the winners. Is that correct? You yeah. were up against grape yeah. wines, which is really saying something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, um, you know, it's, it's reassuring that my goal is to put fruit wine on the map. You know, yeah. go from being like an entree to being the, the main dish is kind of the goal. And, and starting from somewhere is big. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And OK, come on. I, I know you can't give away all the trade secrets, but how the heck do you make such a good wine? What was in the process that you think that allowed you to achieve that accolade? I think that there's two things. Um, we and all of our fruit wines, every single wine, we there's at least two pounds of berries per bottle. So what you're really tasting is the authenticity in, in the fruit. And we try to bring that out into, into liquid form in our wine. And, and the other biggest thing is uh, we don't add any water. So in fruit wine, um, there is sometimes people add water to dilute and to help fermentation process go on. And we actually do not add any water. It's 100% straight berries. Oh. So that's something like, you know, we were doing that in 2012, um, 2013 and I actually when I came into the process I was like hey why are we making wine with with water why don't we make this straight up with with berries and, and a wine consultant was like sure let's do it and uh, hey it turned out pretty good ah yeah. there you are you let the secret out of the bag I didn't know yeah. that because okay. being a winemaker myself or an amateur winemaker it's always water there's always two or three pounds of fruit in there there's yeah. always 
two or three pounds of sugar at least. But the nice thing about it is you probably your sugar, man, is you can regulate that a little bit because you've got so much berry sugar. You've got so much natural sugars in there. Yeah. Where can you actually purchase the wines? You can actually purchase the wines actually in the store on the farm. Is that correct? Yes, you can purchase the wines at the store in our taste room. On our website, you can purchase, um, you know, six packs of wine, 12 packs of wine on our website. We have a couple of variety packs that you can purchase. And and obviously at your local liquor store, wherever you go, no BC liquor stores, only private liquor stores that uh, I can go on a tangent there, but I won't. On, only only private liquor stores that carry our wine. So if you shop at BCL, go to your local neighborhood liquor store and you'll find our wine there. So, Do you ship internationally as well if somebody really does want it internationally? Yeah, we, we can definitely ship internationally. We shipped to the UK before, actually. We've shipped uh, to um, Australia before. We've shipped to the US before. The US is actually the most difficult place to ship, even though they're, they're our nosy neighbor, which I like to say. So, <laughs> I want to get to know a little bit about the family because, you know, we're all nosy as human beings. We'd love to know to sure. get the backstory and everything. So what's the history of the family and how did you guys kind of get to Canada and, and what happened there? My parents grew up in, in Punjab, India, which is the northern part and northern state in Punjab. And and uh, my grandparents were there as well. And they decided to emigrate here in, in the, the early 70s. And uh, once they, they emigrated here, they, they bought some land and started farming and, and it just kind of grew from there. My dad came here early 70s and he was only 14 and he grew up you know uh early 70s in in a uh in bc and in abbotsford which is you know uh a lot of challenges when when you're a person of color he just had a lot of perseverance he is very motivational and he's always positive and and he's been through a lot so that's our origin story i mean um from you know uh mid to late 80s my parents really took over the business and we started you know berries and and we started the tourism side of things. So it's always great to kind of hear the backstory of how you guys, uh, you know, evolved. And and what was lovely about it is, like, as you said, and, and and this is really important, is that you know, yet yeah, your dad had some really big challenges. You know, there was a lot of uh, kind of to and froing there. But what he's done, he's positioned himself and you and your family, so to speak, as people are giving back to the community. You've you've got something there that you can give back. Yeah. You know? Let's circle back then. Okay, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and they wanted to maybe come and experience the farm, what, what's the best way of getting in contact with you? Um, best way is email. Um, you can email me specifically. It's gorev at manfarms.com. Um, you can even give us, uh, I can spell that out. So G like Google, A like Apple, U like umbrella, R like reindeer, A like Apple and V like Victor at manfarms.com man is spelled with two a's so m double a n like nancy farms.com and you can also just give us a call you know our, our business name the number is uh 604-864-5723 and the winery is extension four and you'll, you'll get to talk to me so i've got a couple of final things to ask you because you know because you're a very interactive um operation with the farm with the winery and what have you is the things that you run events that you run that people can either come and do tasting or they can have you got any events going up towards christmas that you can really get people in and they can experience things yeah i mean what we're doing is we have a winemakers dinner that we're doing so it'll be myself and, and our consultant and maybe some part of our production team that'll put on this event and you'll get to try nine different wines with nine different foods and you get to pair fruit wines with foods 
So that's that's pretty cool, and that's another way of uh, showing customers how versatile fruit wines can be. And you get delicious food and delicious wine, and and you'll you'll uh, even get to pick up some wine that day. So oh, that sounds fantastic. And can you just remind the listeners of the date of that particular event? That's December sixteenth. Okay. And yeah. are are tickets still available, or are they all sold out, or is there still a chance? Um, they're again? almost sold out. They're almost okay. sold out. So yeah. Okay. Get on the website and and uh, purchase purchase those tickets. So. That would be fantastic. And just to remind the listeners about the website, what's the website uh, address? Manfarms.com. So man is M-A-A-N, farms.com. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, I have to say, like I say, being a bit of a wine buff myself and really enjoying fruit wines, I, I love what you're doing. I think the variety of wines you're doing are just amazing, but it's the quality. I think at the bottom line is what you've proven is that you're consistently winning these medals. And I think mm-hmm. you know people have to get across to Man Farms and get a taste of it. Or if they can't, get on and order them on the website. One question before I go, and I always ask most of my guests this. And again, I don't know your age, to be perfectly honest. You look a very young okay. chap to me. But um, if you were just um, coming out of school again, you were leaving grade 12 or whatever, would you have any advice for yourself from a business perspective? Yeah, I mean, um, embrace your challenges. I mean, right when I came out of um, school in uh, 2012, that's when I graduated. So I'm a pretty young guy. Uh, but in 2014, our business was actually hit with a huge challenge. And I think that was um, that was a, a big turning point for all of us. And, and it really, really uh, made us work hard. I mean, I, I think you looked on our website, so you've probably seen that. It's, um, our business was actually literally burned to the ground. Um, there was arson in 2014 and we had to start over and that was really tough really really tough and you know i'm sure i'm sure people in business and people who are trying to do something great have always looked at these inspirational stories where these people they go through a lot of trials and tribulations and at the end of the day they become better for it and i think that was a huge huge learning experience for us and our whole family it's like we were literally our whole life 40 years, my, my family put together all this stuff and burnt to the ground. So luckily we had, you know, things like insurance, et cetera. And we had a positive attitude. I remember sitting there and looking at our building on fire. I'm like, dad, my brother's like, you know, we'll, we'll start again. This won't stop us. It won't stop us, you know, but it was a huge event. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Definitely uh, taste different things and try new things and always open yourself up. To, to new opportunities, whether it's doing a podcast, um, whether it's, uh, you know, going to back to school in uh, older age, you want to go to school for business, but your passion is, you know, something with HR or something in criminology, just go ahead and try it. And, and if business is really your passion, you'll, you'll find a way back. Uh, I'll tell you what, an amazing story. And I didn't know that. You, you, and, and, and what was really amazing, you were telling that story, but you still had a smile on your face, which meant yeah. to me that in your heart, you knew you were going to succeed. You were going to rise from the ashes. And that's what you guys have yeah. done. And look what you've achieved. It's been amazing. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Well, Garav, man, I, I want to just thank you so much for coming on the line today and telling your backstory. I'm sure we're going to have a couple more podcasts because I really want to talk to your mum and dad. And I'd love to find out, you know, how you do a sense of community around the farm, because that's a a story in itself. So would you indulge me for another episode sometime in the future? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today and taking a bit of time out of your busy day. And uh, 
yeah. carry on winemaker, man. I'm looking forward to tasting it. Yeah. Before you let me go, um, I promised that you and your listeners that I'd give them some sort of benefit to listening to me on the air. So um, what I'll do is I have a discount code for all the listeners on our, our website or on, on the podcast here is you can go on our website and you can go to buying a variety pack, buy a six pack. And if you enter the code M I X six, you'll get, uh, get a, a 10% discount on a six pack of our wine. So M I X six. You know what? I'll be one of your first customers. I'll be a straight there on there. Go. So thank there you for you that. Was really generous, and I think you know that really kind of reiterates how you give back to the community. I'll be totally upfront. There was no need to have done that, but that was from <laughs> from you guys, from the bottom of your hearts. And listen, listeners, do log on, log on to Man Farms, manfarms.com, pop in that code. And uh, make sure you get the benefit of that six pack. I'm looking forward to yeah. actually tasting it. And uh, hopefully you've got enough supplies for before Christmas if you have a mad rush. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gaurav, it's been a real pleasure. And like I say, you've been uh, you've been a great guest. And thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, we we'll look forward to hitching up on that next podcast. Awesome. Thanks, David. You've been listening to On Another Track with me, David Wilson. My guest this week has been Gaurav Mann from Man Farms, a unique family experience at the best winery in the Fraser Valley. Remember, there are more conversations coming up in the series. Just look out for On Another Track on your local podcast platform and subscribe. This has been a Brit Cam production from Man Farms in Abbotsford, British Columbia. <laughs>